1: Lunchables Podcast. I'm Jordan Holzer, proudly part of the Believe Podcast Network, and each episode will be covering 90s, 2000s film, TV, and pop culture. I am not alone. Each episode, I'll be having on special guests to help me relive my childhood. Thank you to Weetus for the intro music. We have a special Tuesday mini episode for you with just an incredible guest. Where are my Fresh Prince of Bel-Air fans at? Well, we are going to be joined by Aunt Viv herself, Daphne Maxwell-Reed. She played Anne Viv in seasons four to six. For all you sticklers out there, if you haven't noticed, Fresh Prince has been in the news quite a bit lately. They recently had a reunion in which they shot a special for HBO Max coming around Thanksgiving. Peacock greenlit a reboot of the show, but it's a lot darker. And honestly, it looks pretty scary. I would definitely check out the YouTube trailer of the reboot of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air it looks nothing like what we got in the 90s. We get into it all with Daphne, including the famous recasting story and her favorite memories working with the late James Avery, who, of course, played Uncle Phil. I don't need to tell you that. You already know that. So let's get into my interview with Daphne Maxwell-Reed, but not before we play what might be the greatest TV intro credit song of all time. This is a story all about how my life got flipped, turned upside down And I'd like to take a minute, just sit right there I'll tell you how I became the prince of a town called Bel-Air
0: In West Philadelphia,
1: born and raised On the playground is where I spent most of my days chillin' out, maxin', relaxin', all coolin', all shootin' some b-ball outside of the school when a couple of guys who were
0: up to no good started making trouble in my neighborhood. I got in one little fight and my mom got scared and said, you're moving with your auntie and uncle in Bel Air. I whistled for a cab and when it came
1: near, the license plate said, and it a dice in the mirror. If anything, I could say that this cab was rare, but I thought, man, forget it. Yo, home's the Bel Air. I pulled up to the house about seven or eight, and I yelled to the cabby, "You're home. Smell you later." Looked in my kingdom; I was finally there to sit on my throne as the Prince of Bel Air. Thank you so much for doing this. By the way, I really appreciate it.
0: Tell me what unlunchable is?
1: <laughs> uh, Relunchables. So we kind of <laughs> we kind of go back in time and cover you know different TV shows, movies from like the <laughs> '90s, 2000s. So it's, uh, it's been fun, especially now during you know, COVID and during quarantine, to kind of go back and, you know, and relive some of those days.
0: <laughs> yeah, but what's lunch got to do with it?
1: Oh, so I don't know if you remember like, the, the little like, lunchable snacks that you would find in the stores. So it's kind of a play on words of that.
0: I think my kids were too old for that by the time that came out. <laughs> I missed that. <laughs> those are the lunchables. Oh, okay, I see it.
1: And it's kind of come full circle because we covered a movie called Alley Cat Strike, which was a bowling movie done in the early 2000s, of course, featuring your husband, Tim Reed. And I think you may have had a a cameo in it. And uh, we had on Robert Richard, the star of that movie on the podcast. So it really comes full circle having you on.
0: Yeah. And Robert Richard also played my son somewhere else (laughs) on another show I did. Maybe I can't remember what show.
1: He's been in so much, honestly. It's, it's a, he's had a remarkable career, as have yourself, to be honest with you. And, uh, yes, yes,
0: yes.
1: you know, it's so crazy, you know, you playing Ann Viv, you know, your husband, you know, Tim Reed playing Ray Campbell on Sister, Sister, which is on Netflix right now. So I've definitely gone on a deep dive of Sister, Sister. And you really were America's parents for a certain generation.
0: A long time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And we have real kids, too. <laughs> <laughs> we raised them.
1: Oh, what was that like for your kids just, you know, watching, you know, yourself and your husband on screen and then, you know, seeing how you're portraying parents on that show and then what they're getting in real life?
0: Um, it was kind of similar. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think, oh, there they go again, you know, they're making the world do what they're making us do. Yeah. You know?
1: <laughs> but really two great portrayals of loving and supporting parents.
0: Yeah, we had some some good shows there in the 70s and 80s. And uh, we had a lot of responsibility for making sure that it's portrayed accurately or according to our culture to make sure that messages were gotten through that were messages that we really wanted to make sure people got.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. And I think, uh, I think people are still living with like the advice that, you know, Ray or, you know, Aunt Viv, you know, gave Will or, or you know, or Alonzo Ribeiro or someone, you know, it's just, uh, it's kind of amazing how those lessons live on.
0: Yes, they do. Because they're universal, I guess.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I, I want to start with the, uh, a little Fresh Prince reunion that it seems like you guys had a few weeks ago, filming uh, maybe a special for HBO Max there coming out in Thanksgiving. I won't ask you too much about the special, but what was it like reuniting with the cast?
0: Well, it's, it was a surprise to all of us. They kept us all separated. And um, when we got to the set, it was an honest reunion. Of oh, really? Folks. You didn't know who was going to be there? We knew who was going to be there cast-wise, uh, but we hadn't seen each other in a while. We hadn't all been together for years. But some of us have been together and I mean, we are family. We're really family anyway. So births, deaths, marriages, we, we're there for everybody. <laughs> so it was exciting to be in the familiar total group again. That was exciting.
1: You kind of picked things back up, like right where you left off, was it a little about, you know, getting to know each other again? What was it like?
0: Oh, no, it was Pick It Back Up. <laughs> and why did you? <laughs> you know, it, it was lovely. It was absolutely lovely. It was warm and welcoming and and lots of surprises. So uh, you guys should enjoy the HBO special.
1: I can't wait for it, to be honest with you. And I know you got a tour of the actual Bel Air mansion that I believe was just used for establishing shots. I don't know if you had gotten the chance to actually go there while you were yeah. shooting the show. No.
0: We had never seen it. <laughs> <laughs> the cast had never seen it, <laughs> but it was oh, this is where oh yeah, that's familiar. <laughs> and it was pretty cool the way they had done the inside for um, the Airbnb yeah. room for um, the Fresh Prince. It was really well done.
1: Yeah, and like you said, for Airbnb, you know, I think it's going to be a little bit past that by the time this episode airs. But if you were an LA resident you could spend a night in the actual Bel Air Mansion. I think it's only $30 a night, super affordable. Yeah. And be able to see, you know, they really decked it out with the with the shoes and the jerseys, making it really like Will's room and the pool house and everything.
0: They did a great job. And we all signed the graffiti wall, so. Oh, nice. <laughs> all of us are in there somewhere.
1: Because <laughs> I think just for, you know, an average person just watching the show, you know, they don't realize that you're on like a sound stage that you're recording it, you know, they think you're in the actual house eating dinner in the living, you know, it's amazing, you know, because people would be amazed that you've never seen the house before.
0: Yeah, we're in a box. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yep. Uh, why do you think, you know, even 30 years later, you know, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air has left such an impact culturally?
0: It's probably because... Will Smith was such a dynamic and charismatic and talented young man that he was able to parlay his career in music to a career in television and then a career in movies and then in all this social media that he does. He has stayed relevant for the entire time and probably has given a lot of people the will to go on yeah um so many things that the character went through at bel-air were things that people go through in real life and they didn't know how to handle it and they oh well yeah i'll try that and see if that works i mean it's a lot of examples that were given just in lifestyle
1: yeah and i think the fresh prince of Bel air You know, that common trope that we see on TV, just like a fish out of water, you know, put and plucked into a new environment. It always kind of works. But what I think Fresh Prince did so well, and this is kind of common across all real comedies that I love, is it's able to go from, you know, laugh out loud funny to you're in tears during a very dramatic scene. And I think that dichotomy and being able to go and switch on that, you know, kind of pivot between those is really what makes it resonate.
0: Yeah. And that's how life is. I mean, it's not all drama. Something funny is going to happen, or it's not all comedy because some drama is going to happen. Yeah, yeah. I want I want to ask you, you know, how you first
1: came to the show, and I know it's kind of a famous, you know, recasting story. I don't want to get too much into the drama, you know, of why you know Janet left the show. I didn't know her, so there was no drama for me. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it's it's funny because I, I still see, I was watching an Apple TV show called Ted Lasso the other day with Jason Sudeikis, and even there was a line in that show referencing the Anne Viv recasting. Like, it's still so culturally relevant to this day. It's probably one of the most famous stories. But just for you coming to the show, I read that you may have auditioned or were thinking of auditioning for the show during its development. Is that true?
0: I was um, called to audition for a show, but I had just finished back-to-back series with my husband, and uh, we were moving to Virginia and taking some rest. (laughs) Would you like to uh, go to this audition with a young rapper? A movie, a little show with a rapper? I said, "Uh, no, (laughs) thank you very much. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So I went off to the farm and um, did not do the audition. But when they called three, well, when I turned the TV on that fall, I said, oh, look what I did. <laughs> and it was such a cute show. Um, so three years later, when they called me, before I hung up the phone, I was on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> I'll come. Yeah, I'll come. But it was a long audition. It oh, took yeah? about two and a half weeks, and I think they saw about 200 women. Wow. And every time I went to a callback, I saw a room full of women I'd never seen before in my (laughs) so oh so this is how talent is discovered. (laughs) This is great. (laughs) But I got to audition um, my second and third and fourth auditions were with James Avery. And the first time I auditioned with him, I fell in love with the man. He was just we just clicked. So I think that read. Oh yeah. And were you a fan of the show,
1: those first three seasons?
0: I hadn't watched every episode, but I'd catch it every once in a while. Yeah, Because
1: it's a rare opportunity, right? I think most actors, you know, they either they pass on the show or whatever reason, maybe there's a conflict. And then they see the show, maybe it has tremendous success, and they're kicking themselves. Oh, man, I had an opportunity. I passed it up. But for you, you got that opportunity in the end. You got to be on the show.
0: Yeah. And I had done other shows while I was not doing Fresh Prince. (laughs) So, I mean, I I wasn't without work. Yeah. um said, Oh, that that was that's gonna be a really cute show. And yes. it was.
1: I know as an audience member, I hate when my favorite characters get recast. It's just so frustrating, right? You develop this, you know, attachment to the character themselves. Right. And I think the best way to approach that as an actor coming in, and correct me if I'm wrong, is I think so many times actors try to mimic or try to impersonate the actor that they're replacing. And I think that's where they get it wrong. And I think like yourself, you brought such a different type of energy to the role of Aunt Viv. I was immediately hooked as soon as you came on the screen. Hold on, Daphne. Give me a minute to tell my listeners about Plexiderm. Summer is over and fall is upon us, unfortunately. With so much changing, it's increasingly difficult to find that extra time for you. The time that you need to take care of yourself and look your best. With Plexiderm, all you need is 10 minutes and you could look 10 years younger. Plexiderm is a clinically studied serum that gives your appearance the right kind of changes. You could try a six application trial pack for just $14.95 with free shipping when you visit Triplexiderm.com and use the code believe. Again, that's Triplexiderm.com and use the code believe, B-L-E-A-V at checkout. Make those wrinkles, lines just disappear with Plexiderm. And now back to the show.
0: Oh, excellent. Excellent. I could only be me. I mean, I, she's a dancer. She's a whole different, uh, melody than I am. And why would I try to mimic that? I, they wanted to cast somebody and when they cast me, they cast me, not a replacement for her. Yeah. And I never met her and I had no, um, dealings with the drama, they never talked about it the three years that I was there. So, it had nothing to do with me. So, the drama was on social media, not (laughs) in my life.
1: (laughs) Was Was it difficult to be on set, just in the sense of like, you have this, you know, did you feel a weight of living up to the character or no?
0: No, 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 no. I was received as a respected artist, They knew my work formally. They knew what I brought to it and that all they wanted was what I brought to it. The only fear I had was um, the first time that throughout, I guess this was 20 years into my career, I had never performed before a live audience on a sitcom. I had done WKRP twice and they shot it film style. So (laughs) I had never done it before a live audience. And I was, I had to kind of gird myself for it. But as soon as I walked out on the set, it just relaxed and and it just flowed.
1: You got right into my next question. I was going to ask you, you know, it's such a different experience doing like a multi-camp comedy in front of a live audience where it's almost like theater, right? Like you're really performing. You're kind of living off the energy of the audience. Was that different for you? Did you have a theater background at all?
0: I have a minor, 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 minor <laughs> theater background <laughs> from high school days in New York. I was part of a group called the Group Theater Workshop that was run by Robert Hooks. And it became the Negro Ensemble Company, but I was gone off to college by then. But I had a little theater experience. So there
1: were so many you know, great guest appearances on the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, from different celebrities to Donald Trump uh, is there one that stands out in terms of either getting a glimpse into, you know, how they live, or a special moment you shared with someone? Any like guest cameos that you remember on the show?
0: Oh, I have some favorites. Uh, ben Vereen, and I love that episode. Probably um, sticks most out in my mind. Um, the person I know um, as Lou Alcindor, who is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. <laughs> I mean, when I was going to junior high school in New York, I would walk by this high school called Power Memorial High School, and that's where he attended. So, we would cross on the street, and I remember looking, at going, my God, the guy is tall. <laughs> and he became this great basketball player. So, it was fun for me. I don't know that it meant anything to him, but it tickled me to to, uh, be in some scenes with him.
1: Yeah, you knew him before uh, Kareem. You knew him the UCLA Lou Alcindor days.
0: (laughs) I knew Lou Alcindor. (laughs) Uh,
1: Just, you know, you mentioned working with James Avery during your, you know, just your screen test and getting ready in auditions. What was it like working with him? You know, he's obviously such an iconic character on the show. He is missed by the entire cast, missed by the world really right now. Uh, Do you have any memories of just working with him in general?
0: Uh, We were very, very close friends. Uh, His wife and my husband and I, we all traveled together. He was a dear, dear friend and kind of known between us as my other husband. And I would do events. And if Tim couldn't participate, I said, Barbara, can I borrow your (laughs) husband? I need a husband this weekend. And we were very close. I loved working with him because he was so professional. And he was so relaxed in his professionalism. He exuded confidence. And he was very, very smart. He was... (laughs) a history buff, he, he read all the time, and he spent a lot of time listening to jazz and walking by his dressing room, we'd see, oh, who's he got Miles Davis on today? You know? It was wonderful. But also he was my favorite dance partner. That man could dance and we danced every week down the <laughs> halls, going on set, we would just dance and the two of us, It was a, he was amazing.
1: You didn't do the, the Carlton dance, did you? <laughs>
0: <laughs> we didn't do <know> dances. <laughs>
1: so, you know, I want to touch on a moment, you know, with James Avery. I think it's a very famous scene now. I think it's replayed on YouTube and different clips all the time. And this is, of course, when, you know, Will's father comes back 14 years later. And it's that really emotional, gut-wrenching scene, you know, between Uncle Phil, you know, and obviously Will Smith and just that whole thing that ensues there. Do you have any memories of being on set during that time? Like, how emotional was that scene as an actor being there?
0: Um, It was as emotional as it is every time I see it. Because they were able to capture a moment, a feeling, an emotion that Will allowed himself to play. And it was so honest. And it was so heart-wrenching that it will live forever. It was just so well done.
1: Yeah. And I'm sure a lot of people could relate to that of, you know, somebody who's and, lives and now coming back in and, you know, do I accept this person? Do I trust them? Obviously we have this connection, but, you know, and as a kid and then, you know, in that situation, you really empathize with Will because you want to be there. You want to be there for this person. You know, they've, you know, they've been there their, your entire life, even though they haven't, you know, but, and then you're okay. kind of dealing with the reality of maybe this person isn't, the best person for me, maybe they've changed, you know, this is not someone I could let back into my life.
0: Yeah, well, he didn't try to let him back into his life. He just, he was absent again. And, yeah. and there are, we've had lots of people come up and say that that moved them because they were in that situation. And that was, they were able to deal with it because of how he was dealt with. Sure.
1: And like, you know, like we said earlier, going from that really laugh out loud funny to those type of moments, I think is what defined the show.
0: Yeah, yeah. It was a great show. Well written, um, well produced. Quincy has a great eye. <laughs> I can say that. He knows <laughs> talent when he sees it.
1: <laughs> I know we've touched on, you know, Will Smith throughout this, but what was it like just working with him generally? Did you Could you even imagine the success that he'd have after the show?
0: I could because he was such a devoted Participant in what we were doing. I mean, he'd go to rehearsal and work 180 percent in rehearsal. I'm going, hey brother, you know, save that for the stage. (laughs) No, he was in it, and he was involved behind the scenes. He was in the business of it, and show business is two words, and show is only one of them. And if you don't understand the business side of it, you're not going to have the success that he that he was able to have. And he's very, very smart and oh, he yeah. listens well, which is really, he accepts good advice well.
1: <laughs> That's an important trait to have, right? For someone of his stature and running a show like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because you're going to get a lot of advice, but you got to know the difference between good advice and not. Yeah.
1: What do you think of the show would have been like during, you know, if it was airing right now in the age of social media? Do you think that changes at all how it's perceived by the fans, the interaction between the fans? How would you see the show progressing in
0: 2020? Um I don't know. It was of its time. I don't know if the um the rhythm of that show would play now because things are so much faster. Still single
1: cam comedies now, it seems like. It
0: is- it's so different things are different uh it may come back to that again but the rhythm i don't think would play right now i i'm excited to see what the drama version is going to be like
1: and again you're just uh, predicting my next questions here i was going to get into the potential reboot of fresh prince which i believe is coming to peacock and it's a much more you know dramatic version of the show and you know i think it's kind of reflecting you know obviously the times right now and its ability probably to get into some really deep issues of what's, you know, in impact, impacting the African-American community.
0: Yeah, I, I think so. We were able to, uh, at the reunion, we met the young man who has developed this show that uh, is working with Will to get it produced for Peacock. And um, it's exciting to see the youth bloom. Yeah, <laughs> It's like watching it all over again, watching Will all over again.
1: <laughs> Are there any, you know, I'm just curious, you know, what you see for that show. I know you don't really have any involvement in it, but just, you know, what would you like to see from that show?
0: Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I can't predict anything that, that is pertinent to young folk right now. I want to see what their opinion is of life. And that's what that show is going to show.
1: Oh, definitely. Definitely. Um, Daphne, I can't thank you enough for your time. I wanted to end on five rapid-fire questions. These are not so rapid-fire, but, you know, I just kind of wanted to end on okay. this, if that's all right. <laughs> Any TV shows that you're currently watching at the moment? I just finished watching Ratchet. Oh, yeah. How do you like it? The new uh, Sarah Paulson it
0: show? It was wild. <laughs> <laughs> it was bizarre, but beautifully done.
1: Is it scary? I haven't started it yet, or is it just, like, unsettling. It's unsettling. <laughs> Uh, did you get to keep anything from the set of The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air?
0: Every year uh, on the last episode, I took a um, denim jacket and had everybody sign it. Oh, that's great. I have, I have them from my first year and from the last year where we had our final episode. And then uh, at the reunion, I took them another jacket and said, <laughs> sign it. <laughs> <laughs> So I have that. And we also got to decorate our um, dressing rooms uh, the fifth year and the sixth year. We had, he gave us a budget and said, do what you want to do. So <laughs> we had the furniture from, I still have pieces from that dressing room. Wow. Wow.
1: If you were asked to potentially make a cameo in the reboot, would you say yes?
0: Oh gosh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's the answer. I yeah. think. somebody wants to <laughs> ask me to go to work, I'm, I'm ready to go to work. <laughs> uh one
1: word to describe alfonso ribeiro knucklehead
0: (laughs) (laughs) exuberant (laughs) very very talented young man
1: uh last one here you know i believe obviously we talked about the fresh print special airing around thanksgiving is there anything you could tease for our listeners yes i'll be
0: there (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Not no, giving we have me anything. Prize guests that are going to be showstoppers. Wow. Wow. I can't wait. Uh,
1: before we end, I just wanted to get just one anecdote or something that really sums up your time on The Fresh Prince of Bel Air, whether it was just a moment you took away off the screen or something that you shot, just anything that's like a lasting image of your, in your mind of the show. Uh,
0: family. A really close relationship with the people that I was working with. They are family to me. Well,
1: you're family to me, Daphne, cuz you know, growing up with you, I feel like you're my, you know, I feel like you're my aunt Viv, and I'm sure you feel that way, you know, for a lot of a lot of people out there.
0: Nice to have you as a nephew. <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> thank you so much, Daphne. I enjoyed it this much. <laughs> Take care. Have a
1: wonderful day. I would like to thank my guest, Daphne Maxwell Reed, for coming on the podcast. Next week, we are covering what might be the best 90s sports movie. Featuring animals. Yes, I am talking about Air Bud. We are getting away from the DCOMs. We are getting into some of my favorite sports movies geared for kids. And that includes Air Bud. What an incredible movie. So iconic. I had to bring on the writer of the film, Aaron Mendelssohn, Who, I don't even know how in his wildest dreams he came up with the idea of this golden retriever playing basketball. And really helping a young boy through a really trying time in his life. So, we get into it all with Aaron Mendelson after, of course, we do one of our classic recaps. You can subscribe to the Relunchables podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And please leave us a rating or review. Five stars only. Until next time.